0: Laboratory in the basement of his
1: home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today we have an absolutely tremendous episode for you. We're talking to Ray Lynch, Raymond Lynch from Coterie, the VP of Growth at Coterie Insurance, a company that I've talked about a lot here on the show, a company that I think is absolutely pushing the envelope in what is possible from both uh, the ease of doing business as well as widespread underwriting growth, connection to agents, providing resources and tools for for agents to do business in a more modern way. Um, You know, I just, uh, I see Coterie as part of the future and I really like the team there. I'm also going to be interviewing uh, one of their co founders who I've known for a long time. They're not going to tell you who or his name because I want you to be in some suspense. Uh, Because we're going to nerd out heavy on Coterie itself. And this conversation with Ray really dig into why he made the move from Liberty to a company like Coterie, what he saw in the future, what what problems and I don't want problems. What were the aspects of Coterie that he saw that really presented such a dynamic opportunity that he would move from a place where he was well established, well respected, like Liberty, um, you know, and kind of move from that more established player to a brand new player in the marketplace? What that decision was like, and where Coterie is going, and and what are some of the major concepts in small business insurance? uh, concepts isn't the right word, the, the trends in small business insurance that he sees coming down the pipe that we really need to be aware of. So uh, this is awesome conversation. You're going to love this one. But before we get there, today's episode is sponsored by Propeller Bonds. Guys, been talking about Propeller Bonds for a while uh, on some of the socials, not so much on the podcast here. I did have Aaron Steffi there, uh, one of their co-founders. Um, on the show, talking about Propeller, go back and listen to that episode. It's absolutely tremendous episode. Um, but I just couldn't be happier to have Propeller as a sponsor of the show because we use them every day, like literally every day. I have uh, messages going out um, in our automations to our customers, uh, in introducing them to the fact that we have this on-demand bonding service, and that, uh, and and just. Kind of keeping them, and then later on in automations, we're we're letting them know, hey, you know, just a reminder, you're gonna have bonding needs at some point, big or small. Um, all you need to do is use this resource. You can get your bond today, and then we get all kinds of inbound activity as well. People looking for bonds, and you know, most of the time, unless it's something complex, we're just sending them to Propeller Bonds and saying, here, use this link, buy the bond you need. You know, find the bond, buy it. You're gonna get your certificate in a matter of minutes. Um it's a it's a, just an absolutely tremendous resource and it's one of the game changing tools that I see in the marketplace and just couldn't be happier to have repeller as a sponsor and be sharing with you. I think they're an absolute no-brainer product and uh, just kind of this is you know, just like Tarmica and Donna and so many of these other companies that have been part of the show, it, you know, yes, they're sponsors. yes, they help pay to make this show happen. Um, but guys. I, I take these companies on as sponsors because we use them and I think they're part of the future. So I hope you guys can appreciate that and uh, check out Propeller Bonds. Go to PropellerBonds.com, PropellerBonds.com, just Google Propeller Bonds. And, um, you know, if you're looking to do something crazy, let me know, reach out to me. I'll connect you with Aaron um, and uh, see what you can do from like, you know, taking it to the next level kind of thing. But absolutely check out Propeller Bonds. I'm telling you, we use this tool every single day. All right, with that, let's get on to Raymond Lynch, VP of Growth at Coterie. Dude. What's up, man? What's up? Just uh, another busy day here at uh, at Rogue
0: Risk, you know? It's all right. I exchanged uh, some emails back and forth with the producer yesterday, so.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We used the wrong link for the... For the thing. Yeah, right? I mean, you, if you want to
0: drive traffic directly to Coterie and not get any credit for it, sure, like, have <laughs> fun.
1: <laughs> well, you know, what he did was I created a Bitly link, yep. um, which is Rogue SMB. So like bit.ly slash Rogue SMB so that, you know, when, when someone comes in who we think is the right account and has a disposition, we'll just send that to them and say, hey, you can go right through here and at least get a quote, if not bind yourself, if you like what you see. That's the whole process. Well, what he did was, he put that in, and then he copied because basically it it goes to the rogue specific one, and then yeah. it drops. You know, it kind of redirects yeah, it, it drops
0: that tag off of yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and he took the link without the tag, and then mm-hmm. sent that instead of yeah. the Bitly link. And I was, you know, whatever. It's all not good. The first I mean, time this has happened, we'll get it yeah, fix. Yeah. It's no worries. So all good. Um, and I have another one too that I'm working on. Just a another. Uh, I had a. It's, it's funny, you know, this is one of the things that is exciting to me about what you guys are doing. And um, I actually said this in a promo for one of the episodes that I did for you guys um, that will come out sometime before this one. Um, I said, uh, you know, someone, someone, and this is true, someone tweeted at me or texted at me, one of the two things, um, who are the five most tech focused carriers right now? And, you know, and, and you guys were one of them. And, and, and a perfect example of that, uh, it was, and again, I, I, I coupled your promo with TARMA because I think they fit so nicely. I was like, you know, I had someone, I was sitting here doing something on a Saturday, right? I was just working down, down here. The kids were off doing something. So I was having a beer and finishing up yeah. some work. And so a lead came in and it was like, they just needed GL. It was a pretty standard thing. they needed GL for whatever they were doing to get into their office and um and I just like right there, you know banged out the quote, uh put it through, did my little video proposal, off it went, and that took me probably seven minutes total, yeah. right? so like I'm still working with my other hand on the computer over here and and got that done, and I'm like, you know, I think a lot of agencies they would just delete that like that. Yeah. That, uh, that account wouldn't even, they would just see that lead come in and they'd be like, nah, nope, no, no, yeah. no, thanks. Not and, you know, I just look at it and I'm like, okay, that took seven minutes, whatever, all good. That's, you know, maybe it's $500 GL account, but that could be someone. that could be, that could be the, the kid of the business of one of the largest business owners in his town or his best friend could have a startup that that's huge, or yeah. it could be nothing. But you don't know right. unless you write the account. And, well, uh, and that
0: $500 account in two, three years could be a $10,000 account exactly. you know, based on their own growth, right? I mean, we all start like all these businesses and all these middle market accounts started out as that $500 GL.
1: Yeah. And and that's one of the things that I think just, man, I just feel like so many agencies are missing and it's why, you know, um, it's why I've enjoyed, you know, as, as much as we're just, we're just starting to get rolling with you guys. And a lot of that is just our internal process. Um, I kind of picked up right away when you and I first talked, I picked up on what you guys were doing. And I was like, this is absolutely like, like I look at like you guys, I look at like propeller bonds. Mm -hmm. I look at like pro writers and I'm like, here are companies and tools that are providing agents with both customer facing front ends and agent facing back ends that allow you to be incredibly versatile, that allow you to work on your client's own time and, and I think that's the key today, man, is like being both that being digitally friendly while still being an agent. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I think a lot of agents are still missing the point. Yeah. Yet they'll bitch they're, for they're an hour like, about yeah, travelers.
0: They, yes. <laughs> and they're, you know, I think they're, they're missing in the ROI calculations on some of the stuff as well. Right. Yeah. Um, because there is some fuzziness to it, but it's a matter of. The ROI is probably come two three years from now, but like you can't wait.
1: No, well, also when a lot of agencies look at ROI, if they even take the time to do so, they are they do not take their own time into account. And um, I remember, man, I'm gonna forget the exact conversation. It may have been Chris Buran. I don't know if you know him from Buran Associates, mm-hmm. one of the smartest guys. I don't always agree with every one of his takes, but there is no denying that he is one of the smartest guys in our space and what he does for sure. Um, he, he brought this up. He's like, you know, we're not, um, we're not, we're not taking our own time. We're not putting a time value against, you know, is the agency owner's time worth 500 bucks an hour? Right. Maybe probably, probably no less than that. And, but, and that agency owner will spend three hours on, on quoting, you know, are doing, doing nonsensical things and not realizing that they're just burning money. And, uh, but then they'll go, well, you know, Coterie's new. Let's see where they're at in five years. I'm like, gives the fuck where they are in five years? I think like, if you read, if you read the policy forms, it's not like there's anything missing there. Like, what are we talking about? So I don't know. That's just my, my, I just think it's funny. I hear that all this crap and not, not just about you guys, but everybody. Cause I, I write a lot of workers comp with pie. And, yep. um, and I like what they're doing. And actually I was super excited. They just bought Western insurance mm-hmm. services or assurance or something, um, which means they're going to be moving to their own paper, which is super cool. Yep. Um, and they're like, yeah, but they're so new. And I'm like, dude, what did you think? Like, uh-huh. they just never read another policy form ever and just started handwriting shit down from scratch. Like, where do you think they, they came from. Yeah,
0: I mean, like we have to go through the state filing process the same way every other fucking carrier, low no longer, you know, that has right. Yeah. It's the same process. It's the same regulation. It's the same. It's the same goddamn form.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, the the innovation isn't in the forms. I agree. Because the regulators don't allow it.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: 100%. The innovation is in all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, uh, and you can talk about this as as much or as little as you want, but coming from a company like Liberty, right. Mm -hmm. And moving to Coterie, I'm -hmm. just interested in, um, and, and I'm not looking for you to knock Liberty in any regard or anything Mm -hmm. like that. That's not the point of the question. Just that's a big move, right? I mean, that's 55,000 employees to a startup. It's, Mm -hmm. um, a, you know, Liberty has a personal arm, a direct arm, an agent arm, you know, used to kind of have a captive arm, you know, you have this very broad, huge organization to a very focused small business kind of like, talk to me about the decision to make that transition, what caught your eye, what really got you charged sure. up to do it and, um, you know, I'd like to just start there.
0: No, I mean, so Liberty was a fantastic foundation to come into the insurance industry, right? I came in through like what they call their corporate development program out of an MBA. I don't have any insurance background. Um, And they really put you through like a two-year rotational thing where you get to expose yourself to a ton of different parts of the company. Um, You get to basically act as a consultant on these like projects on on a six-month basis Um, And and it kind of helped me understand where in insurance I wanted to kind of get invested in. Um, And, you know, commercial insurance resonated with me right away. Um, And, you know, coming from the background I have, um, you know, within the military and stuff, I've always been looking for that kind of leadership role. Um, And I kind of knew pretty quick. Um, that the large kind of corporate type positions um, being in the tower in Boston wasn't necessarily going to kind of get me jazzed up to go to work every day. Um, and that I wanted to be, you know, more close to what, where the work's getting done. And that's why, you know, I took that underwriting role in New York City and built out a small commercial underwriting team. Um, the reason, you know, I've gotten into this kind of tech focus thing is because I was I had the opportunity to to meet Anaki and Rashmi and and the team at CoverWallet when they were five people, right? We were lucky enough to be one of the national carriers that gave them a shot um, when a lot of others wouldn't. And so I got to watch and see the the progress and the hiccups and the different ways that they went about it and and kind of their journey, um, you know, until the acquisition by Aon. And so that seeing them kind of built and, you know, knowing the challenges and the frustrations and like, it's not easy, but that really like resonated with me and kind of put that idea in the back of my head was like, I want to actually build something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is great to come into an organization that has, you know, all kinds of systems and, and things in place. It is very hard to impact and actually feel like you're changing things. You can do it around the edges, um, but you're not necessarily going to get that true um, you know, roll up your sleeves, kind of dirt, get getting dirty level of building something from scratch. Um, and I've been patient, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to be well connected within kind of the startup community, just by the nature of the job that I had before I left Liberty. Um, and, you know, just kind of networked around um, and new small commercials still had a long way to go. And there was going to be a lot of opportunities to do some really neat things there. Uh, and I just kind of, you know, i heard about Coterie. Like I heard about a lot of other startups, you know, the guys at Coverger, um, you know, posted something about them, raising their seed round or, or getting some of their funding. Um, And I saw that they had posted a job that they were kind of looking to get into the agency space. Um, I networked and kind of connected with David and three weeks later i joined the company Yeah, Um, in October, in the middle of COVID um, and everything else. Um, And it was because like, It was the position that I wanted and the opportunity to actually build something, Um, and I felt that I could add a lot of value to their team. Um, And so I came in, I was purely focused on digital at the start and I mean I haven't even been there a year yet. Um, And I've already had like basically three different roles. Um, I got involved in so many different things and kind of trying to build, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff in insurance that I don't think I even appreciated like compliance. I had no idea. There was a whole nother group at Liberty that like you would just send producer stuff off to, and it would get done. Yeah. We didn't have that. We had to build that from scratch. Um, And I was like, Hey, we need to build this. And well, when you come up with an idea in a small company of 30 people, well then you have to actually go build it. Um, And so like, I was, you know, one of the people helping our ops team come up with a process just to onboard agencies and producers. Um, I wouldn't have gotten that experience at Liberty. Uh, I have a team of you know seven people now when I didn't have anybody reporting to me with more than doubled in size since I've joined here. Um, and it's not all sunshine and roses, it's hard. Um, I have so much more respect now. Um, and I think it's easy for experienced industry people to throw shade and be like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. It's true. We might not know what we're doing all the time, but we're pouring a lot of effort with a lot of smart people to improve and try to get better and to try to do things just a little bit differently. Um, and sometimes we swing too far and doing things differently uh, then, and we get pulled back in just by kind of the inertia of the industry. Um, but we're always we're always moving forward on the, on the edges. And um, you know, I think if we can continue to stay focused and, and really making sure that the value we're adding is resonating, um, that's where we'll see the success. Um, you know the challenges is is you have to do it on VC timelines, which is a little bit different. Um, And so like, you know, how do you impact um, and show some of the growth that that the investors want to see um, when you're, you know, you're working in a channel that moves a little bit slower um, and it's a lot harder to do. So, I mean, it's been a ton. I mean, I've learned more in these nine months to be honest, and I did probably my last five years um, just because I got to wear so many different hats and pack so many different things. And I'm back doing what I love most, which is leading people and getting them to succeed.
1: Yeah. So well, there's a lot in there. I, I would, uh, you know, coming into Rogue, uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I made was having a bit of hubris, feeling like, man, i have been in this industry for 14 years at that time. I, you know, had been all over the place, had been an agent Had spent a lot of time with a lot of people in a lot of different places. And you just, as much as you can have some understanding until you've lived it, had to make the decisions and have to deal with the ramifications of decisions. Um, there's just, you know, I, it's, it's very cliche, but there is literally nothing that, that can be experienced. And, I've also, one of the things that's really opened my eye, or one of the things, this experience and kind of sharing the startup experience with you um, is now I have a, even more respect. I like to believe that I had some, or you know, I had respect for them, but I've even more respect for the people who um, who share ideas that have been through it. Now I like listen with a little keener ear, try to pick up on some of the things. Cause I'm like, yeah they actually went through it, so what they're saying I should probably take a uh I should probably take a little little deeper listen to to what they're saying because it's just
0: until you yeah no it's it's true Sorry, I lost you there for a sec. um can't you got me now yep sorry
1: about that that was weird no it's um, okay even, yeah even the small stuff even the day-to-day decisions that don't work it you learn all those lessons
0: yeah and you learn them a hell of a lot faster <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. you learn them a heck of a lot faster um, yeah you know the speed is is a whole different different thing. And, um, you know, this is a huge opportunity for growth. Um, and I, you know, honestly, like I have a different respect for agents now than I think I did, you know, living in carrier land, it was very easy to kind of, uh, discount, um, you know, agents and be like, oh, they're not adopting whatever we think is the next best thing because like, they just don't understand. And that's not, could be further from the truth. It's just like, I don't think I had a fully respect of like what they are actually trying to do and what it takes to actually run a business. Um, And those that are really successful at it and have been doing it for a long time, like have found a way to, to stay focused and get through that. And so it it gave me a whole new appreciation uh, just even for the independent agent channel than, than I had as an underwriting manager complaining about, you know, the agent that kept calling me because he, he didn't like his renewal um, (laughs) and things like that. And I was just like, you know, so um, I get it a lot differently now.
1: I am, you know, I I was talking to, uh, I did this podcast with a, with a kid, um he's 22 23 years old he's doing his work in the risk management program super good kid uh his name was darren and Mm -hmm. um he was interviewing me and you know and he he said you know what the question was something around like what would be what would your recommendation be for for how someone starts and i just said do all the things like go work for a carrier for a couple years go work for an agent for a couple of years try to find a tech company for a couple of years like no matter what you choose after you have a couple different experiences you're going to be you're going to be so much further out ahead of everyone else cuz the problem is you get into the carrier system and you think agents and technologies are the worst you get into the agent system Carriers and technology systems and vendors are the worst. And, you, and and like you talk to technologists, these stupid agents carriers are so slow and you just, you don't have this respect for really how hard all the pieces of this industry are for, for a whole myriad of reasons. It's just not, nothing we do in this industry is straightforward. You know what I mean? We're not selling t-shirts or widgets. This is a complex thing that has real ramifications on people's life and, you know, that's why I think really the only people in this industry that I've ever had a real problem with are the ones like um, the guy from Lemonade who just, you know, basically acted like, like these are users and we're all idiots. And, you know, and again, well, his stock price is tanking, although I'm sure he got paid. Um, I don't take any pleasure in that outside of the pleasure that I do take. And, um, you know, I just think to myself, like, as long, if you can just have a healthy respect for what's happening here, man, there's so much that can be done. And and really that's, again, that's why I get so excited about, about you guys, because I see, you know, I, I would be lying if, when I found out that you were part of Coterie, it didn't give me some peace of mind. I was like, ah, sure. they got somebody who spent some time on the other side in there. They're going to yeah. have that perspective. Like that perspective is going to be in the building, which is a really positive thing.
0: Yeah, no. Um, the one challenge is, is, though, like we have to adopt faster. Like we're gonna have to get better at change management on all parts of the the value chain um, over these next couple of years, um, or you know, something, or you know, consumers are gonna push away. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's the the hardest part um, at a tech company or at a startup, you know, really trying to kind of push the envelope is. Um, how do you find that balance between the way we've always done it and really being like, but is that the best way to do it? Um, and I think we have to have a much more open mind and I don't have all the answers and I certainly know that I don't have all the answers and I learned that quick here. Hmm. Um, <laughs> as like, you know, you pull levers and you're like, oh, well that used to work. Well, yeah, it used to work because you had like this massive machine behind you. Like it doesn't work when you're you're still trying to build on the fly. Um, But if we can't adapt and kind of move some of these processes forward, I mean, just like, you know, when we were starting, like the thinking about um, the microspace, right? Um, You know, I've listened to some calls and of of some partners that we have, um, and I've seen, you know, people that have taken a different approach to the microspace, right? A lot of it has been like, it's just transactional, it's purely transactional, it's like, I don't want to think about it, I'm going to offload it to somebody else, whether that's some sales center or something like that. Um, But when you actually take the time to and it's not a lot of time, right, if you have the right tools, it can actually be pretty quick. You just take the time to listen to them and treat them with an ounce of respect because they've been bounced around three or four times. Your conversion is going to skyrocket. Amen. And then we're seeing that. I mean, I have a story of a partner that we're working with. It's one producer. You know, she's a new commercial producer um you know they're doing a good job it's a high volume type opportunity and for two months in a row she's closed 100 accounts now everyone will poo poo it's like oh but it's like you know four hundred dollars five hundred dollars six hundred dollar accounts i don't care like show me anybody being that productive and having that type of close rate um and just think about it if you you know if you put a better workflows you put efficiency in place and you give them the freedom to treat every account the same. I don't know. I think there's some magic there.
1: There absolutely is magic. I mean, you just literally defined what we're trying to do at rogue and Mm -hmm. what's been very interesting to me is, you know, we're, we are reevaluating relationships that we have with, with gold. I'm doing air quotes. No one can see gold standard carriers because of how absolutely terrible dealing with them is. And, Mm -hmm. and that is not, me bitching from on high. That is day-to-day, boots on the ground, trying to get things done. Just, it can't be this hard. I'm emailing the underwriting overlord to get whoever our person is to respond within a week. And then the person's yelling at us because a week should be, you know, it's, I'm busy. Don't you understand? I'm busy. And I'm like, you're our effing underwriter and we can't move without you making this, telling us this is okay. Like, it's like simple things like that, that. You get to the point where you're like, you've, you've, you're not, I, you know, I don't care what, what, what the name of on your business card is like, you're starting to not help us close business. And, yeah. you know, I, um, but I, I th- that, that aside, I don't want it to have to be the bitch. I think no. the point that you made about, um, taking care of every customer, you know, one of the things that we're doing, uh, is, you know, or one of our value, you know, you write down your mm-hmm. values. The number one thing that I wrote down that we live by every day is no customer left behind. And, and that means if it's right down Broadway, main street, office, that's great. We can write that. That's awesome. If it's a crypto miner, we can help that crypto miner. If it's someone with a seven car fleet, we can help that car fleet. If it's a $200 GL policy for, for a a mom who's starting a side business and needs to get into a building to do whatever she's got to do, we're going to write that friggin policy too. Because, That's what. That's the right thing to do. Now, granted, do you have to have automations? Do you have to have efficiencies? Do you have the right partners to make that to be able to make some money doing that? Absolutely, you do. But I I just, you know, there is going to come a day if 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 the agency force if we're if if we don't kind of get our head wrapped around this that where the business is not even going to hit the independent agent. It's not even going to get down to that layer. It's going to hit starting their bank account gone. It's going to hit signing up for a Shopify account gone. They're not going to walk into your agency. They're not going to ask their friend for a referral because there's 10 other things they do before they look for insurance. And, and one of those 10 things is going to provide them with the insurance and the business is going to be out that They're already going to have done business with somebody. And then if that company can take care of them in the human way that you just described, they're never going to leave. So I, what you just said to me, I, I agree with it. The timetable is obviously we just can't handicap that because it's very no. tough. But the day of business just not even making it to the Main Street agents level, like it just never comes down that far. Th- th- that's absolutely coming. What's up, guys? Sorry to take you away from the episode. But as you know, we do not run ads on this show. And in exchange for that, I need your help if you're loving this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, I would love for you to subscribe, share, comment if you're on youtube leave a rating review if you're on spotify or apple itunes etc this helps the show grow it helps me bring more guests in we have a tremendous lineup of people coming in uh, men and women who've done incredible things sharing their stories around peak performance leadership growth sales the things that are going to help you uh, grow as a person and grow your business but they all check out comments, ratings, reviews. They check out all this information before they come on. So as I reach out to more and more people and want to bring them in and share their stories with you, I need your help. Share the show. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. And I'd love for you to leave a comment about the show because I read all the comments. Or if you're on Apple or Spotify, leave a rating review of this show. I love you for listening to this show. And I hope you enjoy it listening as much as i do creating the show for you all right i'm out of here peace let's get back to the episode
0: yeah but it doesn't mean that if you're well networked and actually you know within your community you can not insert yourself into a similar touch point 100%. on a Hundred level um, 100%. and that's what we're trying to do is is bring tools that allow you to provide that digital shopping experience or embed that experience into a you know, a lower level affinity play or whatever buzzword you want to use. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever platform. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing I noticed with you know all this API technology that everyone's you know talking about and like it's going to be the savior of all of our efficiency. And it's like, yeah, but that's just getting data back and forth. I mean, that doesn't take into account like you actually have an have to have an application that makes freaking sense. Yeah, like you get have the best APIs in the world, but if you're asking seventy different questions, like no thanks Um, yeah and if you're not responding quick enough or you're not giving them you know if everything is call everything is call everything is call like just being able to put a price and knowing that they can buy that I think is valuable even if they don't buy it just because you have a qualified customer that is informed and educated and your discussion is less about this is what it's going to cost and more about this is what you get um, that's what API technology can do, right? Yeah. I think right. that gets lost sometimes. I think it's just like, oh, you know, it's like an efficiency play. It's an efficiency play. No. Yeah, of, of course it's an efficiency play, but it, what it is is it's just basically changing the way the funnel works. Um, you know, to truly leverage it, you got to get used to <laughs> funnels that look a lot different. Um, and I remember that was always the, pre- the, the challenge I had at, in large, you know, Gold Star is like, they want their funnel to not change. You know, it's like I know I got a thirty percent hit ratio, and I know you know everything kind of stays consistent. And as long as we're meeting those marks, we're going to hit our financial plan and stuff like that. And then you introduce this frictionless data transfer, and all of a sudden your submissions shoot to the moon. Your hit ratio's tank because it's no longer a hit ratio; it's a yield. And then you know the everything in between changes, um, and you have to have a different perspective of. You know your financial plans of um you know what success looks like how to make you know iterations because when your funnel is that primed at the top one or two percent change in a close rate or whatever ratio you want to look at is much more meaningful than when you're just kind of eking by and you're just staying flat um and and that's something i learned um over the last couple of years is is like it's 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 going to be about like price is price like transparency has to come to insurance and commercial insurance in general right like it can't be this mystery of like i'm a electrician like what the hell am i going to pay for insurance um what it has to do is that well you're an electrician you got a lot of needs right and service is the biggest need especially if you're working for different gc's and trying to get different contracts you know better than I do like servicing and like cert requirements and endorsements and all these different things that we like to kind of forget about and be like, oh, like let's make a sexy new business flow. Um, that's where agents, I think, win is because you can provide that service and that education and that basically you're, you're advocating for them with whatever carrier or whatever, you know, they're working with um that's the value that's why i would use an agent on my own business is because i need somebody that can do that stuff for me and and advocate and go to bat for me whether it's a claim situation whether it's a servicing thing um it's less about like you know give me a quote because i can go to 10 different websites now and get a quote
1: yeah um I would love for you to i think you made one point you made in there that that I think is is important for us to go back on is yield versus hit ratio. Mm-hmm. This is one of the concepts that I know from firsthand knowledge there are carriers that get and there are carriers that carry partners and I don't mm-hmm. think any agent i don't I, I, and this is not a knock on agents. This is kind of a high level more marketing mm-hmm. related sophisticated idea, Absolutely. so I don't want to knock anyone who doesn't understand, but I think um this concept, the people that get this, this is, a, this, in my opinion, it's a defining concept in the actions that people are taking. So can you just break down the difference between yeah. hit ratio and, and maybe its legacy versus this new idea of yield and, and why you may want Absolutely. to kind of pivot your mentality?
0: So to go back to the kind of the standard funnel that we've always thought about, right? So like the way, and I'll give a carrier lens, that's what I know best is like, I knew, you know, you have your portal. Right. And so you know how many agents have started a submission. So there's your submission count. You know how many have gotten through and gotten to the point where, like, you know, yes, it's an approved quote, that's your quote. And then you know how many policies you sold. Traditionally, a hit ratio is that approved quote or that finished quote to how many policies, or, you, you know, policies divided by quotes. Yields is when you talk policies versus submissions. And it's still pretty standard, um, you know, cause you know, your quote ratios are gonna be, you know, in the 80% or whatever it may be. Um, but when you get into true marketing efforts and you are getting into true volume plays, that submission number is very important. And like the approved quote becomes less important. That's a matter of like, how well are you able to get people through the funnel? Um, and it's really, so, yield is when you look at truly policy sold at the end of the day, based off of that activity that you draw. Um, You know, it's, it's a big in kind of like any type of marketing effort, right? If you're going to cast a broad net or even if you're going to cast a narrow net, right. And you're going to run different campaigns and you're going to try to bring attention to your agency, bring customers to you. um, Yield is much more important than how often you quote them. And like, once you quote them, yeah, you should be closing at that same level right like you know that doesn't necessarily change but like understanding that i have a thousand submissions and i'm only writing 10. well if i go from you know i'm i'm going to do mental math and that's probably a mistake right now but anyway so you go one percent hit ratio yield ratio right if you go to two the math is just different right because you still have that thousand submissions but you're closing at two well, now you're, you, know, it's, you grow the bottom line much faster uh, and it can be more impactful from like a premium standpoint or from a revenue standpoint. Um, and so it's just like, I'm much more concerned is like because I, I want to get a swing at every single account that's out there. That's why Coterie is integrating in, in just about every platform you can find. One, I want to be where the agents are transacting, not making them come to us to transact with us. And so I want to swing it every single time. So that means I want as many submissions as I can possibly get. And then I'm going to see how many we actually can close based off of that. And then I'm going to work at how do I close more based off this huge volume of submissions that we're getting. Um, Because making those small tweaks, whether it's making ourselves more prominent on Tarmaca or making something easier in the way they get from Tarmaca to us to, you know, sold policy, things like that. Um, You know, that's where we can impact much differently than just doing the like. Well, we got to drive this many quotes to our platform, you know, yeah. our portal, our dashboard, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and I've saw, you know, my hit ratios when I was working with, you know, the, the big insure techs of the last couple of years, my one, because my quote ratio was like hundred percent because it's getting filtered out. You know, I'm quoting 90 plus percent because every time I'm, I'm getting a bat, I'm only closing 10% then you have to get comfortable with that. And you have to be like, okay, this is a lot more data, a lot more power in understanding what's going on from that first API hit to a sold policy Um, and making changes on that can, can yield a a heck of a lot more lift than just saying like, well, I want to move my hit ratio from 34% to 35%.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really important concept. And, you know, the, the, the volume plays are where everyone is going to, too. the, the, the one-off stuff is nice. And I think that, and I, and I get, you know, everyone's still going to need to do that occasionally, but you know, I think more and more to get attention from the carrier space from agents, you know, obviously agents being a primary listener to this, you have to be able to push weight. You just have to be able to do it. And I know that, uh, I think everyone's kind of always known that I don't, you know, the, the, what FinTech and the, the platform, the B2B platform, the, the, the B2C platform as well, you know, the, from the personal lines perspective too, I just, you know, whatever, uh, These platforms present so many opportunities. And you can also get this from your local attorney firm who does LLCs. You can get this from your accounting firm. So I don't just want to talk about technology. There's tons of opportunities to, you know, in in our space, everyone gets hung up on home mortgage broker referrals, right? It's, It's everyone talks about this. There's every conference ever has the, you know, whoever's doing the most home broker referral they got some new shtick, and I'm not. I'm not knocking that, but um and that. But the next play is the small business, and obviously that's where we're going. And but and these partners are everywhere. you just need to open our eyes. The accounting firm, real the estate firm, managers, yeah, they just they're all there. And um and the ability to be that partner and set up flows, like you said, it drastically increases the number of the bats you get. Now you 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 have to deal with, like you said. A potentially a lower hit ratio or a more spread out book, I think that's, that's a key to it. One of the things that we found is, um, you know, you need to have a couple of different players. There's no carrier, regardless, that's going to have the appetite that solves the singular problem. But, you know, you pick a few that are able to that are willing to, to mentally play this game with you. And you can do damage. I mean, you can do real damage. Yeah. I mean, that's- well, you get
0: you you get the few that get you the eighty percent, and you get hyper efficient on the twenty percent. Yep. Um, and then that's you know, because just think about the re- from the point of view of the referral partner, right? Like, it, in the traditional model, it's like, hey, call this guy, or you know, go to see this guy's office or stuff. Um, I think it's a better experience when like it's right there. They get a couple quotes right away. Yeah. Um, and I think your referral partners like it will make them look good. Um, because they're providing a value service to their customers too. And then, you know, anytime it's a mutually beneficial partnership, that's how these things work. Yeah. That's how I frame it with all these platforms out there. Like I want these platforms to succeed um, because I know if they succeed and I'm part of that, um, you know, we're both going to rise up together.
1: So let's, uh, I want to change the topic a little bit to um, uh, data and, and, the disposition, I don't want you to give away any secret sauce. Sure. But the um, I think a lot of people uh haven't a lot of agents haven't necessarily wrapped their head around um how uh carriers like like a coterie are using third-party data and pulling <laughs> it into the system to reduce. Like, I know tarmica does this, I know you guys do this, mm-hmm. it's happening more and more. I'd love for you to just maybe just help everyone better understand. Um, one, I think one of the questions I get all the time is like, where, where is this data coming from? Um, and then, uh, can we trust it is another question I get a lot. Sure. And then how are you actually using it? How is it improving the process? Yeah.
0: Um, that's, there's a lot to unpack there. So, um, where the data is, right. It's just like anything else. There is no one source of data. Um, but and anybody that knows and has kind of seen like, your online persona is very mineable. Let's just put it that way, right? I don't even know all the stuff that they do to get it and to fill in the gaps, but I mean, there's a couple of different things. The easiest, the, I think the one that's easiest for people to kind of wrap their heads around maybe is property, right? Cause it's just tangible. It's like, it's physical. Yep. Um, there are a lot of records. Um, there's a lot of sources out there that, you know whether it's imagery, all kinds of different things that can say, you know, this building you know, you can go to different towns, and it's just like there's data out there. And these are really aggregators, is what they are. They're aggregators of data. And so, um, you know, Hazard Hub is a great one on the property side. Um, and so, they've built different models. They've built different ways of collecting information. And so, with one call to their API, I can pull back a whole ton of information on that property. Um, information that, as an agent, you would have had to either fill in yourself or go back to your client to be like, Hey, can you like look outside and see what your roof's made out of?
1: This is my <laughs> I mean, number one, and, and even
0: educating, right? I mean, like, why are we still asking roof types? Why are we oh, still asking, Fred. you know, construction types, BG codes and all this other stuff? Like it's, it's all there in one sense or another. All and right. This is my model, number one, I pitch. can do it. Yeah.
1: When, when was your roof updated? Who has ever gone uh, it was 37 years ago. What agent is, you know what every agent does? Uh, 2015. Yeah. It's the, st- I mean, I just, I look at that question and I'm like, who, who, every, everyone who answers this question knows that if you put it more than even 10 years in some cases, they're going to penalize gonna really you. Yeah. No one actually knows when the friggin' roof was done, except for the property records. So f-
0: seven years ago, five years. Ago. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: just, it is ridiculous.
0: Well, and put your underwriting hat on. Like i don't care if the roof if the roof was updated five years ago but the guy did a crap job is that any better than it was done 20 years ago it was done right and so it doesn't leak um right i mean because that's all we care about is like is there going to be a water leak and is there issues there that we're going to you know have a loss over um so why ask right again like if we're all if everyone knows we're kind of pencil whipping it what's the point of asking yeah Like, is it truly that relational to your loss ratio or to what makes a risk good or not? Um, And that's what we're trying to eliminate or at least get a better, a different source of information for. It's not a trust thing. I don't want people to think that, oh yeah, like they don't trust the agents to give them the right answer. It's not that at all. It's just like, why waste hours of your time trying to figure out how to answer these questions when we can make an API call to five, six, seven different vendors Um, and pull in a lot of information about that, right? Um, I think what'll be interesting to see is like classification. Can we build some models around, you know, understanding what somebody does that gets us close enough, to be honest, to a proper classification so that we know we're getting an appropriate rate for that risk and things like that um, without making it a painful experience for an agent to try to figure out how the heck to classify them. Because everyone can classify a bakery. Yeah. Everyone can, like a brand new person into the industry would be like, yep, that's a bakery, except for maybe some of those people that like to have like baking without actually doing baking on premise yeah. or something like that. But, you know, that's that's another story. Um, but, you know, there are there's a lot of information out there on all these businesses, whether it's in their social media feeds, whether it's, um, you know, in their services, in their menus, you know, whatever it might be, there's a ton of information you can glean based off of an address, based off of a named insured, things like that. Um, and we're just using different sources and we're constantly changing them and looking for better ones. Um, and then we have some really smart data people in the background um, that are trying to build some scoring and some models around because it's not perfect. It's not going to be accurate 100% of the time. But we don't need it to be accurate 100% of the time, to be honest with you. Um, and, and I think what we're looking at is like how do we present it in a way that an agent can verify it, right? Um, and give that agent still that say to be like, yeah, no, no. I know that your sources are saying this, but like, it's really that. Um, and so, you know, it's not a, we're only going to use data. We're going to use data and let you verify it at times when we think it needs to be verified.
1: Yeah. I, I this is, I look at what branch is doing. I don't know how familiar mm-hmm. you are with branch on the personal line side where first name, last name, and email address sometimes, and you can get full home auto and umbrella quotes. I mean, anyway, and, and, and what's been interesting to me, and I think this is the the idea that hopefully we can break down a little bit here just yeah. in this podcast for agents is that it doesn't mean because we're using third-party data, and this is just, I think, one of those common misconceptions that over time we'll just get past, um, is that I think there's, a, there's this feeling that because we're using third-party data, somehow we're doing less underwriting and that's mm-hmm. not the case, right? We still have to yeah. have models. The companies still have to make money. They're still based on actuarial tables. And you know, maybe, maybe some of the thought processes are a little more progressive in the underwriting methodology, yeah. but, it, but there's, still, there's still underwriting happening. It's just where the data comes from. It's really that simple. It's just, instead of you telling me this house was built in 1955, Hazard Hub is telling me it was built in 1955. Instead of you checking a box that says, is this in a flood zone? Hazard Hub is telling me this, this is not in a flood zone, you're good. Right. And the amount of what that does to put it in perspective for agents is instead of having to ask those questions, you now can be more of a problem solver on the phone. And that mm-hmm. to me is where we need to get to as agents is get back to our roots of solving problems for people instead of being data collectors. And that's, again, one of the reasons why I'm so bullish on you guys is I think I think one, I think you have the right mix of people um yep. and two uh i think that how you're infusing this information that the experience and the fact that you are still heavily relying on agents it, it to me it's a it's a it's a winning it's a winning strategy i mean i know you'll probably have a long way to go and it doesn't always feel that way but oh, yeah. no. it's certainly from no. the outside it looks like you have all the pieces <laughs> in place
0: we we have some of the pieces in place um i think what we have to do is prove that that our ideas and our processes work Right? Um, you know black box underwriting is sexy until it blows up and you lose your paper and then Coterie doesn't exist. Yep. Um, so yes. And it's more about, and to be honest, like we're in the microspace. So it's more about like, how do we put better guardrails in using data um, to keep that hyper efficient experience that everyone kind of needs um, to, in a sense, like, you know, save time, which saving time saves money. And, um, And again, it transitions your conversation to much different. You can actually give that smaller account, you know, a good five minute explanation on what their policy actually covers, as opposed to just, you know, not wanting to deal with them. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's evolving. It's changed probably just in the last three, four years, and it'll be even more uh, in the next, you know, four or five years. And I don't, I'd love to say that we're the only ones doing this, but I'm sure we're not. Um, And we're not that arrogant to think that we are. Um, I think what we're trying to do is, is you know, iterate towards that, that goal um, and find a way to be transparent in how we're doing it, right? Because the biggest lesson we've learned, or at least, you know, I think a, a coder is like, you have to be very transparent to give agents that confidence. One, we know what we're doing. Two, they know what they're selling. Um, And anytime that we've had a gap in, in kind of that transparency or, or that understanding um, is where like, we've gotten a lot of pushback um, which is healthy. Uh, And that's the thing is like work with us because guess what? Like we listen. Um, Yeah. Not that other people don't, but like we are hyper-focused on that feedback. Yeah. Um, You know, my favorite story of our, you know, (laughs) that that I was involved with and, and things like that goes back to something very simple. Quote cool proposal, right? So we're like, hey, we're a tech company, man. We're gonna do some tech stuff. Like, we're gonna create this cool microsite that you can email to your client. It'll look awesome on a cell phone. It'll look awesome on a computer. Whatever. Like, it'll it'll give them the basic information that they need uh, to move forward. Uh, and no one used it. And they're like, where's my PDF? <laughs> we were like, but, but we've got this awesome website, man. Like, this is like so much cooler. Like your customers are going to think you're amazing because you can provide them this. And they're like, no, I don't want that. I don't want a PDF. And now we're like, you know, pulling our head out of our ass and getting a PDF out in the market. Yeah, um,
1: which I've used. It's great.
0: So, yeah, it's, it's just part of the fun. And, uh, that's why I love being at Codery is like, you know, one, I get the chance to learn these lessons, um, and have the freedom to fail. Um, Right. Because I think a lot of times people get wrapped up in fear of failure. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all trying to make a difference in some small way. Um, and I just feel a lot more comfortable screwing up right now, um, you know, as long as I don't bring the whole company down. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's a different culture. And I think that's another thing that kind of freed me, um, you know, from some of you know, the previous things that I've done.
1: Yeah. It's awesome, man. I, uh, I, you know, I'm big, big, uh, big fan of what you guys are doing. I, I've been on it since, you know, I, I remember I talked to David like three years ago and he was telling me, Oh, we got this thing where he pitched me the idea. And then, uh, you know, just from afar watching, you know, it kind of takes shape. And then obviously when I started rogue, I, I reached out to you guys and, yeah. um, you know, now we're, we're starting to, starting to integrate more and, and work together closer. And, you know, I I'm excited because,
0: I think that uh, for some reason, my microphone
1: keeps getting wonky on me, but um, when a company like Coterie comes into the market and starts doing the things you're doing at the pace that you're doing them, um, you know, it pushes the rest of the market to get better. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to hammer on Lemonade because I really didn't appreciate the way that they approached our market space. But you can't knock, L- Lemonade changed a lot of the way that a lot of people do business and the mentality and the mindset. Um, it, they have had a major impact on the culture of our of our industry in, in a positive way. And yeah. um, so I think... I think it's good for the space. I think the innovation is good for the space. I think the way that you guys treat and onboard agents, especially new agents, is good for the business because, yeah. you know, you it doesn't feel good when you're trying to be when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to start a business and you have some carrier come in and speak to you like you're a peon because you're only going to give them a hundred thousand dollars in premium in the first year and you know you know they they could care less you know about about you know that's the way that a lot of the carriers make you feel and whether you get the yeah. appointment or not doesn't feel good um it's nice to talk to somebody have a 20-minute conversation and have them say hey let's go and then the paperwork is about five minutes and you can now you can write business and you feel like yeah. it's it, there's a sense of empowerment there and I, and I think that's a, a small but important piece of the puzzle as well so
0: we want to grow together right I mean I, I yeah. love working with new agents yeah um, they're fired up they're trying to bring new ideas they're they're experimental in themselves of just trying to get a footing and um i I'd be happy to work with anyone uh, that's just trying to figure it out. And like, we're bringing tools. Like we're not only delivering things for our top tier agents or things like that. We're bringing these tools to, to everyone. Um, and we're going to continue to do that. It's awesome.
1: Uh, and you guys just partnered with my favorite network in the world, Indium that announcement came out today as a recording. So I uh, yep. uh, always love to see you. Uh, uh, it's like watching friends get married, you know, you see. The- <laughs>
0: so, uh, no, hey, well, it's, it's fun. Course. Cause it's a small, you know, just as well as I do, it's it's a small little network and we've all kind of met each other at different conferences. We've all kind of talked to each other and yeah, it's a blast to like get to work together. Um, yeah. and, and kind of,
1: and Chad, Eddy's the man.
0: He is. I mean, other than i a Clemson fan, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> only negative I think I can think of, but, uh, yeah. you know, but, but that's it, man. No, he's solid. And that's a great network and and we couldn't be more excited to, to be partnering with them.
1: Awesome. So if uh, agents listen into this and they're like, mm-hmm. heard of Coterie, I'm convinced I want to reach out and see if they're a good fit for me. Um, What's, what's the best way to do that?
0: Easiest way, Coterieinsurance.com. Gotcha. Um, from there, you can go look at our producer resources. All of our forms are out there, different endorsements. It's very transparent. We have a digital appetite guide, Powered by our, our buddy, buds at Ask Kodiak. Um, so you can kind of get a sense of where we're writing. You know, we're admitted, we're in 48 states. Uh, we're filed in New York. Um, I know people want us there. We want to be there more than ever. Um, we're working through, you know, the 60 plus things we have to respond to in the filing to get you know, a standard ISO bop filed and, and ready to go in New York. Um, but yeah, there you can even sign up to be a producer. You put a couple of pieces of information in and we'll get in touch with you in a matter of hours. Um, you know, you'll have somebody on our team getting your contract, um, giving you a quick overview, letting you know you can join one of our demos. Uh, feel free to hit me up. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Raymond Lynch, um, you know, Raymond at Um, You know, I'm, I'm di- diving deep into the agent space. Um, not having been, in, you know, I was heavy in the digital for a while and it's, it's fun and, and, uh, and kind of interesting to kind of circle back and see all the changes, even in, you know, those three, four years from when I was an underwriting manager uh, to now um, and, and how far agents are pushing the, the, uh, the needle, uh, those that are engaged and really wanting to.
1: Yeah. Well, Hey man, I appreciate you spending the time, obviously enjoy our partnership, looking forward to to more and, and just, as a observer of the industry, looking forward to seeing uh, what kind of trouble you guys get into as you, as you continue to push into the space. I think it's uh, yeah. uh trouble, obviously in a, in a good sense. Give them comfort. We do
0: have some insurance people. You yeah, know. no, they we're do. Not just, I, we're I, not just a bunch of tech. We got, we got a yes. great underwriting team uh, that's behind the scenes. It may not be the traditional underwriting relationship that you're used to, uh, but know that we have some really strong underwriting minds that are kind of keeping, uh, keeping the guardrails in place and making sure that we're we're writing the right business and that, um, you know, we're, we're, we are underwriting. Um, yeah. So definitely want know, to give that.
1: And, I, and I'll say this too. Like, um, you know, I, I told everyone this when we had uh, Dax Craig on from Pi. like I, <laughs> I think of in, in my mind, I put you guys in the same exact bucket. You are new carriers doing things a, a, a different way from a data and, and ease of business perspective. But I think both of you guys have the uh, insurance expertise and experience on the back end. Um, t- t- that any agent can, can lay their hat on what's happening. So um, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, there are other insured tech players in the space that I don't use for that same reason, but um, I I just think you guys are doing a lot of good stuff. So I, I appreciate it, man. As always, Absolutely, always enjoy man. your talks and uh, man, we'll get out of here.
0: All right, man. Let's go write some business together. Yeah.